Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how you doing? Hello Paul, how are you? Uh, doing fantastic, still still adjusting to, to the new world. Um, we just completed, I guess, week three of the coronavirus quarantine. Uh... I've been adjusting to the new normal. Um, lots of little deliveries of packages, uh, food, and various Amazon items I continue to, to uh, order. Uh, I'm not sure if it's partly because I'm bored and partly because we really need the stuff, but in any event, I'm not going beyond my budget for it, and it's all within reason, so I'm okay with it. Uh, still working remotely. Had my first uh, video conference socially. This past week, I had five friends that we normally go to dinner with and we got on a video call. Um, man, it was sort of a free-for-all. It wasn't as easily conducted as I thought it could be. It's hard to have that <laughs> casual conversation back and forth, at least on the product we were using. I'm not, uh, I was using Google Duo. It was interesting, but I, I don't know if it was as fluid as, I, as it could be. And those video those video conferences are a shit show. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It is crazy. I know that poor lady. She was on her business call and she got caught going to the bathroom. Did you see that? No, it's on YouTube. No, I didn't. No. Yeah, it's got over three million views. This poor lady. Like people of other professions don't have. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> what happened? I saw nothing. Oh my God, poor Jennifer. I gotta... Oh, that's so. That poor lady's got like two, three million hits already. So uh, I feel bad for her. You don't want to yeah, be famous for that. So, um, doing a lot of food delivery still. Uh, getting our 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 um, our our line, our our I guess our spot in the line, our spot in the electronic queue uh, to get for a delivery. three weeks from now to get. Yeah, food yeah, that's what it is. So I did break down yesterday and went to the store. Um, I'm I'm considering now buying another. Uh, router, wireless Wi-Fi router for my house. The big investment that we made recently, and I think we talked about it, was I bought a fire pit, uh, propane fire pit for the backyard, and we've had some good family time around that. So all in all, week three uh, went well. Uh, Jody, how was your week? Yeah, same here. We're settling into this new reality uh, and feeling thankful that I have my budget in place and that I can really see my financial future clearly you know this is a really tough time for a lot of people um, and not just the people who have um, suddenly lost their jobs and I really feel for those people in the different sectors of the economy who uh, have either been fired or lost their employment uh, lost their revenue uh, their way of making money it's really really challenging for a lot of people 6.6 6 million people filing for unemployment um, and hopefully uh, those people find a way to make some money again very, very soon. Um, but really glad that, um, uh, that, that I have things fairly locked down as you do, Paul. Um, so at least we can see a financial picture and see a path and the, the path we need to tread, even with some changes. Um, we know where we need to go. We need know what we need to do. So that really lets uh, lets me sleep at night. Um, but the other thing that we've been doing, and Paul, you talked about this with the fire pit, is we're just also trying to make sure that we don't lose track of the emotional component of all this. Um, and whether it's sitting around the new fire pit with the family or making sure we sit down for dinner every night, we're not letting you know the work from home creep throughout the entire house. 
that we kind of lock that down in place and say, okay, here we're doing work, here we're not doing work, here we're taking time to be a family, to talk, to laugh, to joke, because don't forget, see things through the eyes of your kids, they see you home all day, yes, they know you're working, but you're home, and you know, I'm, I'm set up out here in the garage, um, and my daughter will come out and she'll say, dad, what time are you gonna be done? That, that's the big red flag, like, to, to just to remember, they don't see things the way you see things. And even if they say they understand it, they still have a slightly different uh, perspective on it. Um, just while we're, while we're going through the, uh, the introductions here, Paul, a huge shout out, and I know you agree with me here, to all the healthcare professionals who are busting their ass through this yep. uh, and literally putting their lives on the line to take care of people who are all kinds of sick. They're dealing with all kind, manner of horror in hospitals across the country. Um, you know, I, I saw some terrible stories come in out of New York this week, um, and I can't imagine what those healthcare professionals, people in hospitals are going through. And while we're at it, a huge shout out to all those other essential workers, whether they're the garbage men or the mailmen or the janitors or anyone who has been historically told that they're perhaps not worth a certain amount of money to get paid, boy, we're getting a new education on who's essential <laughs> <laughs> right now, aren't we? Absolutely. Uh, we'd, we'd be totally effed if these people weren't around. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all those people who continue to go to work, um, continue to do those jobs to let this, uh, this society, the civilization that we have continue to function um, and, ju and just one last piece of advice here. Turn off the news, please. Um, get your five minutes of news every morning, of course. You know, find out what's going on in the world, of course. But, you know, and this is coming from the guy who works in the news business. Um, don't sit there and just fixate on, on all cable news all day and the latest story of this and that. and the, Turn it off. Go do something. Uh, obviously, if you're working from home, work from home. If you you know, you don't have a huge workload while you're working at home or whatever you're doing, you know, go do something else creative. Um, I saw an intro, a funny Instagram post uh, earlier this week that said something to the effect of, you know, after we all come through this and you haven't developed that new hobby or side hustle or thing, passion project that you've wanted to work on, um, you're going to figure out that you didn't have the time. You had the time. You just didn't have the discipline. That um, so so go do something if if you're not. If you're not working from home, turn off the news, go be creative, go do something with your family, um, you know, make sure that you pay attention to the emotional aspects of what's going on here. Oh, the all well put. And I, I have to con I have to concur with you. A big thanks to everybody. I went to my local grocery store and, and to me that the cashiers that I used to see on a regular basis, I'm seeing through a different set of eyes now. Um, and it's amazing. They're, they're there every day dealing with customers, I mean, on the front lines. And, and to your point, man, uh, Essential took on a whole new meaning with this crisis. I think we'll just jump into the topic. It's a continuation of last week's topic, Coronavirus Financial Planning and Preparedness, Part 2. There were so many things to talk about that we had to split it up into two podcasts. That's how big this crisis is. So we're going to have a continued focus on topics that are all related to planning and preparedness in this trying time. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. Okay, the first story is from the Globe and Mail. And the um, headline is, and it's actually an opinion, 
but uh, in the opinion section. But the headline is six personal finance ideas that have been blown to pieces by the pandemic. And I really thought this was an amazing story. Um, and it's mostly everything we've been preaching, right? Where, you know, some of these myths were, um, you know, ideas around having uh, your emergency fund be a line of credit, right? Or your your prime focus on savings should always be retirement. Um, and, um, you know, crushing mortgage payments are normal as part of home ownership, right? So, Jody, these are all things I think we've talked about and we preach. And maybe that's the word we use is we mostly preach about these, but I think we do it in a good way. I don't think we're preachy. I hope not. I hope we're not preachy. But um, but what was your take on some of these uh, items in the news article? Uh, great article here. Check it out on the Facebook page. Let's let's run down these uh, six these six uh, personal finance ideas that have been crushed. Uh, your line of credit is your emergency fund. This is no, it's not, and absolutely right. Um, cash is your emergency fund, not a credit card, um, not a HELOC. Um, granted, you got to fall back on a credit card. You know, okay, yeah, this is an unusual time, but um, it's not a long term. It's not long term, right? It's short term. Uh, the prime focus of savings should be your retirement. Um, not right now. Uh, savings account TFSAs are for losers. Speaks for itself. Crushing mortgage payments. Paul, you're living in a paid-for house right now. I bet you feel pretty secure during this whole thing. Yeah. Um, using debt to finance consumption is normal. No, it's not. Uh, again, you know, you got to fall back a little bit on a credit card temporarily. Okay, while you're swiping that card figure out a way to pay off that debt as fast as possible. Uh, and the last one in here, spending big on a vehicle is normal. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed on that one too. I love it. I love it. Right. So read this piece when it posts on the Facebook page. It's fantastic. Yeah. It, it's hard to, you, you, you're spending, you know, $800 a month on that beautiful convertible and you're driving it and, and, and you bought it to kind of show, show, show off a bit and, there's no one to show my, it to. I got my 140. Now, granted, I lease a car, and I probably shouldn't lease a car, but I do just because I'm not a car guy and I'm not interested in you know everything that goes along with the car. My $149 a month Honda Civic drives like an F16, man. It's awesome, <laughs> and I love it, uh, and, and it's the cheapest thing I can get. That's very cool. That's very cool. And, of course, we are authentic. You hear that telephone ringing in the background we're in a normal household jody's in his garage i'm in the home office um, we're just going to let those things flow we don't we don't even worry about those early on in the podcast we would go crazy with edits and we don't do that anymore with that kind of stuff and, we, that, and shout out to all the people who give us grief about the background noise that, we love you that's right that gives us all the authentic authenticity that we need so that's what i like about it, it gives us character it gives the podcast character so um the, the next uh, news story that we want to look at is an interesting one, and, and I think it diverts a little bit from what we've been talking about today, and it's from Boston.com. And uh, Patriots linebacker Brandon Copeland is leading personal finance webinars for his NFL peers. I thought this was a great story. Um, you know, uh, I guess from an NFL perspective, the, the gist of the story is that this gentleman is trying to uh, instill a bit more financial knowledge and wisdom uh, to his colleagues, right? And I just thought it was a very interesting uh, take and, and probably something that's very necessary. He saw that he believed this is something that's needed. And, you know, these are gentlemen that 
you talk about put their lives on the line, uh, <laughs> getting their heads smashed in all season. Uh, and I don't care how much money they get. Um, when you come right down to it, it, it's a tough sport. And there's got a reputation for people that they have short careers in it. And sometimes most of them don't end up very well after it, especially financially. So I think this gentleman's trying to do his part to to uh, instill some financial knowledge. So Jody, what was your take on this article? Yeah, great. One of thousands of pieces, I think, that are being written like this right now. And uh, people pitching in their own set of skills that maybe aren't their primetime skills, maybe aren't their... Um, you know, number one focus day in, day out. But but, you know, a great story. Uh, and like I said, one of many that are being told right now, people doing uh, a little something extra to help the people who they are most in touch with, to help their community, to help their network. Uh, I think we should all be doing something like this. Yeah, very cool. It was definitely very cool. So um, the third story that we're going to touch upon um, is from Yahoo News, uh, actually Business Insider via Yahoo News, I should say. And the headline is the seven most important things to know about the government's plan to pay Americans twelve hundred dollars to fight the coronavirus outbreak. <sighs> my my immediate reaction still is is really like I'm trying to figure out how this helps. And I know it will help to some degree, and maybe I'm missing it, and maybe that's why I'm a computer person, not a finance person. But Jody, what was your take on this article? Uh, I'm I, I will believe these stimulus checks when they arrive in my mailbox, and I don't care if I get them or don't get them. Um, I, I'm happy for the people who will receive them where it will make a difference, and that's terrific if it will make a difference in their lives, and I want to see those people get that money if it's going to make that difference. Um, you know, I've said last couple of podcasts, um, I, I think everything the federal government is doing right now is a bunch of bull. Um, they're not being responsible. They're not being smart. Um, they've failed miserably in this pandemic. Uh, they're literally now trying to buy people with these checks. Um, it's, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. Um, you know, right, right down to the federal government this week, trying to literally saying that the federal stockpile of ventilators isn't for the States. Well, then who the hell is it for? Um, they're, they're liars, they're cheats, they're con men, they suck. Uh, I can't wait to see them voted out in November. Um, if this $1,200 check is going to make a difference in your life, I'm all for it, and I hope you get it. Otherwise, um, I believe everything else when I see it, and I'm not seeing anything from the federal government government right now. Congratulations to all the governors who are doing a terrific job for their states. We should be fully supporting them. Yeah, I, I, I think I would have to agree on this part. I, I'm shaking my head as a SMH, uh, shake my head uh, if I had to put this in a Facebook post, which I won't. But I, I'm not quite sure what the $1,200 cash does. I think fundamentally, um, most people probably need to eat. And I think there could have been a better way, a more thought out, better way to kind of handle this situation than to just pass the money around and pass well and, money let's, and let's be honest let's be honest here too you got a two trillion dollar stimulus bill um twelve hundred dollars we said this last week twelve hundred dollars times 327 million people doesn't add up to two trillion so i'm sure the the majority of the money that's in this two trillion dollar stimulus package is going to go to all the millionaires and all the ceos so they can get bonuses and buybacks stock buybacks and take care of themselves and not take care of the people who really need this money i'm calling it 
um, and I'm going to be right in a year. I'm going to be right. And the rest of us are going to be right when we say that this was it's 2008 all over again in 2008. The, the economy cratered with a mortgage, with a housing crisis um, and, and all the ridiculousness that went on on Wall Street. Um, you know, they they screwed over the taxpayer in 2008. They got their bonuses and their buybacks and we got nothing. We dug ourselves out of that. We, we, we took care of ourselves and did what we had to do. Um, we got back to where we are now. We're doing really great. And here comes along another crisis. And, and the politicians are going to screw over the American taxpayer again, and they're going to give uh, bonuses and buyback money to their friends, to their millionaire friends. Nobody's going to take a hit here except the little guy, us. Because that's our money. I mean, the tax, the, this $2 trillion stimulus is our money. It's taxpayer money. There isn't a vault of money that the federal government gets a dip into. It's our money. Yeah, a- absolutely. And And I've said this since... Oh gosh, I've said this forever, and 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 we talked about this. I I'm not while I'm I don't get political. It's just never been my thing. Um, but what I do try to think about is I try not to personally let these outside factors impact my life. And I think that I agree with you, uh, Jody, on on the on the level of. You know, like I said, I'm shaking my head. I don't know where the money is going to go. And I, I'll never will, right? And and you're right. In five years when we look back on it, just like we look back on 2008, we're going to see that the money was not used as well as it could have been. And we're all going to wind up paying for it. Uh, what I try to do is I always realize that these things are always going to impact me. So I have to insulate myself as much as I can between the mess that's out there and my own life. And that starts with real estate taxes. I go down to the fundamental level of you know real estate taxes that keep climbing where we sit here in the Northeast. They just keep climbing. And after this crisis, oh man, are they going to climb again, right? They're just going to keep climbing. And, and as much as I want to rip my hair out and scream from the top of my roof to say, I can't believe this is happening. What am I going to do? It's a fundamental. It is what it is. I go back to my sign that's that's on my desk. And and if you could see it, it's right there. I'm just pointing my camera towards it. Um, it is what it is. And and these things are going to continue to happen. And there's going to be more bonehead moves being made to spend more money that we don't have on things we don't need. Um, and you watch. It's just going to get worse. right? So yeah. what I try to do is insulate myself. And, and I think that I said it on the past couple of podcasts. Everything I've done in my life has led up to this moment where... I've been able to have enough insulation between me and the outside world to kind of rest okay. And I think, Jody, you're in the same boat um, where, you know, we, we've, we've done everything we were supposed to do and we'll be penalized for it. We always will, right? So um, we will pay full boat for our kids to go to college, period, end of story, right? Unless, our, unless my kids are geniuses, I'm paying the full ride. There's no, there's no tax break. There's no nothing. Um, you know, my real estate taxes could double. And you know what? I'm going to have to pay them. Just going to have to pay them, right? Because I, I'm going to have to suck it up, buttercup, and just keep going. And as much as it, if I really think about it, it really should drive me crazy. I just know it's the reality. It's just these are the kind of things that I've done things the way I've done them. And, I've, and I think I've said this on a lot of podcasts previously. I'll have a lot of regrets in life. So... I never went out and, and, and went on the wild, 
you know, multi-year family killer vacations. I don't own a summer home. I don't own a Corvette in my garage. I don't have the things that outsiders would say, wow, I can't believe Paul or, you know, he does pretty good. I can't believe he doesn't want to go here or can't do that. And it has nothing to do with that. It comes down to drastically scared. And I have another photo that's on my desk, Jody. I don't know if I ever talked about this one. I have a picture of the gentleman who was the high wire specialist that went between the two trade center towers. Philippe Petit. Yes. Philippe Petit, who I met. Who I met. Wow. Uh, a few years back. Wow. Wow. And Jody, I'm going Incredible to. guy. I'm pointing my camera towards it, and you'll see it when I send you the video, right? Um, I found that picture a long time ago, and and I framed it. I printed it out from the internet and had it had it done as a photo and framed it. And Jody's going to be like, why? How's, how, what's the backstory? So we're going to divert one, one minute, and I'll give you the backstory. So I'm still working on a book. Um, a financial personal finance book and I won't go into all the details on it but one of the stories I wrote in there was about that picture and it's probably a page and a half long I wrote it in a coffee shop and I the, the short the short story is that I picture my financial life as that guy on the high wire between the two trade centers because if I don't put the emergency fund away and I don't get my finances under control that's me on the high wire. There are no safety nets underneath me. There's no family money underneath me. There's no government money underneath me. There's nothing underneath me. It's me on the high wire between the two twin towers walking across every day. And it petrifies me to the point where I have to make sure that I'm constantly focused and constantly balanced in my financial life. And maybe we'll elaborate on that story one day on a future podcast, but I know we're See, it feels like we're, we're veering off a lot of different topics here and we're stuck on the news stories. But that's how I have that picture on my desk. Um, I picture my financial life as the analogy is that guy. If I fall off that high wire, there are no safety nets underneath me and I just perish. So that's why emergency funds are very important to me. Paying off my mortgage is very important to me. Paid for cars were very important to me. College savings were very important to me. And they still continue to be important to me. Even with my mortgage gone, I'm like, there's no time to stop. I have to say, okay, now I got to save for college, right? There is no time where I sit there and say, you know what? I could just let go. Unless you want to call it the fire pit. Maybe I let go of the 200 bucks on the fire pit. Maybe, right? I guess, right? But but that's so minute in the, in the grand scheme of things. So, uh, wow, we got really off topic. But I think that was a great third story that was just supposed to be very anecdotal. And we've gotten to this whole dialogue so i thought that was pretty cool so i guess jody we'll jump into the topic uh paul there's so much to unpack there and it's so well said what you put in there no the, the couple things that i'm just we'll put a period on this absolutely but a couple things i just wanted to point out to you uh observations that, that i made one you've got your priorities lined up just right um you know spending 200 bucks on a fire pit why not to get not to have a fire pit in your backyard but to have that place where your family can gather around, putting the emphasis on what's most important in life, which is the relationships and the way we take care of our families and our kids. Um, and coming back to, to, to the why we're here, the why we're here is not to discuss financial strategies so we can have the Corvette in the driveway or the summer home in Aspen. 
but to have what's important to us, which is, you know, the, the metaphorical fire pit in the backyard where we're all together, where we're all doing our jobs as dads, taking care of our families, um, and creating those experiences, even in the context of this crazy pandemic that we're in right now, to keep the focus on what matters, which is our families, our, you know, our wives, our kids, the experiences that we have together and what our kids are going to look back on. Um, you know, we all get those moments where our kids look up at us and say, dad, remember that thing? And you're like, at your, my first reaction is, why is that so important? And then I think about it 10 minutes later, I'm like, wow, that was so important to them. I did that thing. We had that moment that is going to define their memory of, of what their childhood was like. Paul, I guarantee you when your kids are, you know, in their twenties and their thirties, they're going to remember that fire pit and it's going to be something special for them. Um, that, that defines this moment in life. And it's not going to be masks and it's not going to be the news and it's not going to be what you and I are thinking of, which is like, you know, figuring out our budget, figuring out how we're going to walk through this whole thing. They're going to remember the fire pit. They're going to remember the s'mores. They're going to remember what you gave them. And that's going to define who they are. And that's why we're here. I appreciate that. I, yeah, I always find our conversations cathartic, and you're always my uh, uh, therapist to a degree and bringing I'm me down to earth on some of these things. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I let loose a little you're bit. Emotional but, Sherpa. But I, I, I'm, I'm so jealous that you. I'm never jealous, but I'm jealous you met that guy. That's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, um, and there's a great movie. There's a there's two uh, movies you should watch uh, if you're sitting at home binging with nothing to do, <laughs> which I'm not. Man on Wire is the documentary, and there is also a dramatic version of it that um, I'm trying to remember the actor who is in it. Uh, but just go go on your streaming service of choice. Um, two great movies. It's amazing what he had to do to go through that. That was, an, that was actually illegal what he did well, walking through between the two towers. He had to sneak into the towers. He had to plan the thing. Then he also had to sneak in and get past the security and the police officers and the everything else. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was arrested afterwards. Interesting. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's a great story. Understanding what went into actually pulling that off, not to mention just the death-defying thing that it was. Um, great stuff. Check it out. It's on It's on your streaming service of choice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I think with that, and I appreciate that, and, and let me rant for a couple of minutes. That was cool. Uh, so I I'm think... usually the ranter. Well, you got to rant out of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very cool. Very cool. I had to let that one go. So, uh, so I feel... <laughs> Feel, I feel good now. Um, so I guess we're on to our weekly topic, uh, coronavirus financial planning and preparedness part two. So I think we're going to jump into the topics, right? That's the key. We don't have any, we talked about our situations. We talked about the news stories. Let's just jump right in. Um, debt management for credit cards and home mortgage. Um, so for me, uh, I am running the household still on my credit card. Admittedly, it's a bit higher this month because of some of the extra expense expenditures that we had in terms of I wanted to outfit the house with and I think we talked about it bought a very expensive exercise bike that they charged me for but I still don't have yet hopefully it shows up when it's supposed to in a in a in a, in a week or two did um, you bite it off all in one shot yes I did yeah okay. yeah I just we figured I, and I thought about that Jody and and for me it reminds me of when I bought my first massively big color tv 
I bought a 60-inch color TV right on the bleeding edge. I'll never do that again. And um, had the thing delivered. And I bought the thing on a charge card that I opened up a line of credit with the store. Mm-hmm. And back then, I was reading about all these predatory practices around if you miss one payment, and it might not be your fault. It could be the bank that screws it up. In the fine print, they don't care. They're going to yeah, retroactive you've, you've the 22% before, yeah. interest. And I said, you know what? We could afford it. Let's just buy it and be done. I, I do like the warranty aspect of holding some money back. But for this, I decided I just want to get it. I've been wanting it. Let's just get it delivered. I'll deal with the fallout. Maybe on a future podcast, I'll regret not putting it on credit. Maybe something horrific will go wrong with it. But yeah. that's and usually why. And we did put why. it on a credit card. We, we, did, we took advantage of the 0%, I think it's 39-month plan. So basically, it's just, a, it's just a monthly payment. And I set aside a weekly amount to cover that when, the, when, the, when it hits the card. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I don't I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it's once again we it's personal finance is personal. And when I looked at it, I said, you know what, I don't wanna I wanna just own it outright. And so I I just said, you know, and it was just a personal choice. I said, We got the money, just buy it, bring it in. I wanna get it here as fast as possible. I already had the date moved up two days, but um the the whole debt management for us is the credit card fills up and there's enough money in the checking to pay it off and it's a rinse and repeat process it's always been that way so managing debt for us at this point is just the single joint credit card plus my personal card my wife has her personal card i use my personal card for work expenditures and plus other personal things um that i might have but both credit cards are always clean haven't carried a balance for years so that's just us but i know there are a lot of people out there that are falling into the situation of hey you know what my wife's job she got furloughed. Maybe both are furloughed. Maybe the overtime is gone. There's some impact level to your income. And how do you deal with that with, with credit cards and home mortgage? And I think that you have to you know, really sit down, write down how much is coming in, how much you owe, and then try to figure out and get your priorities straight in terms of food, uh, making sure you're eating, make sure your medical care is in place, and then everything above the line, you pay those debts. And then if you don't have the money, to manage those debts, then you have to go back to those creditors and let them know, hey, I'm in trouble. Um, I'm going to do the best I can, but you know, we're going to have to work something out and let the chips fall where they may. And you have to stack rank the priorities. What's your take when it comes to debt management for credit cards and home mortgage? Yeah, uh, we don't use credit cards. Uh, but for like I've said in the past, you know, if we're going to make a large purchase, throw it on the credit card, but make sure we have the cash to pay it off right away once we execute that purchase. And that's just so that purchase doesn't mess with the regular budget cash flow system that we have set up. Um, if you got to fall back on the credit card right now, okay, fall back on the credit card, but fall back with a plan to pay it off as quickly as possible. Uh, you said it best, Paul, personal finance is personal. Uh, you got to do what you got to do right now, um, but don't run up huge amounts of debt with no plan to pay it off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we missed that part. And I, is, is, you know, the credit cards are not free money. Uh, I had a good friend of mine who I remember when he got a credit card early, early on, we were in our younger days and the credit card came in the mail and he was jumping up and down uh, that he got new credit card, new credit card. And my reaction was, you know, you have to, whatever you put on that, you got to pay it back, right? Like he got it. We always joke about that story. Um, but it, it's just kind of funny the way that works. So, um, but yeah, if you, if you're using credit cards, just be careful 
and, and try to keep on top of it. And if you can't make those phone calls, get it under control um, and make sure that uh, you're using the debt wisely if you have to use it. Um, the next uh, topic is unemployment possibilities. Uh, and we just touched upon that, right? So too many people out there that um, I'm once again, thankful, grateful right now, knock wood, our employment, both me and my wife are okay. And we'll have to see how that goes. But right now it's okay. I realize that the world is crazy and that could change very quickly. Lots of things going on, furloughing, all kinds of things. You want to call it a furlough. To me, it's it's either money's coming in or money's not coming in. And if money's not coming in, whether you call it a layoff, a furlough, a a temporary break, whatever they're going to come up with, the terminology, um, it comes down to a light switch. Is money coming in? Yes or no? And if no money's coming in, how do you handle it? And so... Unemployment possibilities for us, for me personally, like I've said before, we have emergency funds in place. We've tried to live our lives in such a way to, to, to take that type of hit. But man, it would be devastating at this point, not only financially, but emotionally and everything else with, with things going on. What's your take when it comes to unemployment possibilities, Jody? I agree with, I agree with you, Paul. You're either hired or you're fired. There's money coming in or there's not. Um, and I feel for the people who have suddenly found themselves unemployed for reasons beyond their control and that wasn't their fault. Um, it's all the more reason to have a written budget in place. And if you don't have one, get one in place real fast. Um, it gives you peace of mind. It lets you create a path um, to, uh, to walk uh, through this uh, and make sure that you're going to come out as good as you can on the other side. So get yourself a written budget. Get on it. Get yourself an emergency fund set up as fast as possible. If you can't put one together now, um, get it together uh, as soon as you can um, because those emergency funds are going to be the things that allow you to fall back on uh, in tough times and allow you to walk through a challenging moment um, to get out as whole as possible as you can. Yep, and I think you're right on all those points, and I think it takes us to our next topic, which was planning for worst-case, best-case scenarios. Best-case scenario... Somehow, some way, this event ends next week. <laughs> I'm glad you're so. laughing because I'm laughing too. I'm I'm calling May one at the earliest, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, best case scenario, next week we're all back to work and the economy turns around, right? Uh, worst case scenario, this thing goes, um, you know. Well, even uh, cli- even climbing out of the economic factor, I mean, uh, a climb out of the economic damage is six months at best case scenario, right? And most mostly we're talking 2021 here. Yeah, I think that you're, in terms you're of getting in terms of getting back to normal, whatever the hell normal is. But, you know, it's this is not we're not going to like you said, a light switch. We're not going to flip this back on in July. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe that. I think that's the case. There's long timelines. There's long tails on all these processes um, for me. Um, and we've talked about this and I think we're it's worth repeating over and over. It comes down to financial astuteness and financial preparedness, and that is the emergency fund, having your ducks in a row, having your payments to a level where they're manageable. It's really a lot of things that you have to do in life around this. And if you haven't done those already, maybe this is a harsh lesson learned that when we climb out of this, hopefully you climb out stronger financially. That you know, if you get through this experience and you've hit bottom in terms of your finances and you didn't realize this could all happen and it has happened, 
maybe this will be a good wake-up call for many, many people to say, you know what? I need an emergency fund. You know what? Maybe I don't need this big house. You know what? I got to get rid of this mortgage. You know, hey, I don't need all these credit cards. I don't need the new cars every two years. Maybe I'll cut down on my trips on these wild family vacations year after year, maybe sometimes multiple times a year. Um, it all depends where you're coming from and everyone from different walks of life. And my definition of an extravagant family vacation is way different than others, right? Uh, and there's always people in front of you and always people behind you financially in life. And that's always going to happen. If your friend has a Ferrari, his friend has 10 of them, right? So that's how it works. But hopefully that maybe a silver lining out of this whole ordeal will be that people will become more financially prepared and more financially astute. And they've been thrown into the lake of, you know what? It's cold in here. I got to get a towel. I have to get inside. I have to get in front of the fire financially. And maybe this is what's needed for them. And hopefully it doesn't last too long so people could get back to that. But um, for us, like I said, we've been doing this for a long time. We've lived our life this way. So we're hopeful, thankful, grateful um, that we're able to do this, not extravagantly by any stretch of the imagination, but um, we get to eat every day. I Right now, I get to work every day, and our kids could sleep every day, and the heat's on, or the air conditioner will be on, and we get to hang around the fire pit with some marshmallows. Oh, I can't wait for the air conditioner to be on. <laughs> <laughs> and this wasn't even that bad a winter in the Northeast, but yeah. uh, but man, I'm, I'm dying for those outside days. The trees are starting to bud. I think some of the trees are getting confused. It's like it's warm one day, cold the next. Yeah, you know, it, it, and that's where I think... Um, you know, I'm waiting for that as well. So, um, well, I think we beat up that topic pretty badly. And, 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 and once again, short answer is when it comes to, you know, plan for the best, uh, plan for the worst case scenario and hope for the best case scenario. But yeah, you'll always be pleasantly surprised if you plan for the worst. If you, I mean, the worst so rarely comes along. Let's right. Let's be honest. The worst so rarely comes along. Um, so if you plan for the worst and it does come along, okay, you're ready. And, and the rest of the time you're pleasantly surprised and everything's going to work out just fine. Yes, absolutely. And I think that for us, it really does come down to being able to have that peace of mind, knowing that the, if the worst case happens, we're still somewhat prepared. But once again, I don't know how I don't know where the floor is on the worst case scenario right now. So we'll just leave that for a future podcast. So, and man, Jody, we're at the 40 minute mark already. And we still have six more topics to go. I'm debating whether we have a part three. Would this be the first time we've gone to a part three? I just don't know. This is um, just going to be one long rolling podcast. Yeah, that's what I feel it could be. But I, we almost have enough topics to go into next week. I don't know what you're, uh, we could keep pushing on or we can uh, tie a, a bow around this one and, and why don't, have a yeah, part Why three. don't we preface a couple of things we're going to talk about next time. You've got a good one coming up here next, Paul, on this yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. And I think next week we'll leave these topics for next week. We're going to talk more about, um, and this will be a teaser of sorts, right? Uh, multiple communications from predatory uh, companies, uh, i.e., uh, it's a good time to convert your whole life insurance. <laughs> I'm not getting any of those emails. Oh, I have, and we'll talk about those next week. So stay tuned. Uh, writing it down, uh, more on the emergency fund. We're going to talk about the stimulus check. Maybe by next week we'll have more clarity on what that looks like and when people will get them. And then uh, keeping on budget for service people, uh, cleaning and hair and nails and all those different things. So I think with that, we'll, we'll wrap things up for today. And as I said last week, take a deep breath, try to relax and not worry, and just let your planning and knowledge give you some form of comfort. At least that's what I'm trying to do. So Jody, what's your take? Uh, what's your summary recap this week? 
Yeah, we're we're in this for the long haul, right? This is we're three weeks in. I'm betting we're a good month or more before we start to turn a corner on this because the numbers have to turn a corner before the rest of us can turn a corner. So just get ready for a long haul here. Uh, pile up your cash if you can do it. Uh, look around and see what uh, financial vehicles you have available if you are in trouble, if you've got you know a job interruption, if you've got a salary uh, interruption. Um, figure out what your plan is going to be for the next 30 to 60 to 90 days because that's where we're, we're at right now. So get ready for that haul. Um, get your act together if it's not. And, um, and then just get, get on the road. You know, get, like I said last week, I think, you know, 10 and 2. Just drive down the middle of that financial road. Get your plan together. Stay on your plan. Don't veer off. Uh, and and make sure that you you see the endpoint, whatever your personal endpoint is. Just just fix your eyes on that and don't get off it. Oh, very well said. Very well said. So, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you. Managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.